This week's episode of the Afrofuture Pod is brought to you in part by Amazon Prime Video. Are you sick of paying too much damn money for your cable bill? Well, Amazon Prime Video offers access to unlimited television and movie shows that you love from different networks. And on top of that, for $8.99, you can get access to Amazon channels, which gives you access to channels like HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, and more. Check the link in the description box. And thank you so much for Amazon for sponsoring this podcast that the rest of this episode will be ad freaking free. So now let's get into the show. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Ed Cool J with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Welcome back to the motherfucking show, the Afro Feature Podcast. I'm your host, P.T. Starter. <laughs> and I know it's been a while. It's been like since February. It's now April. And y'all ain't really have anything from me. <laughs> and, you know, I have been, you know, I've been busy, you know, working on the back end of this brand and trying to get it to look more cohesive and get more things in line i i have been recording segments i haven't been recording episodes though so in these coming weeks i promise you guys there will be you know more episodes coming up i have another coming this week i have another one dropping next week well they'll both both of those be next week and then so far after that we'll have like a more regular schedule once i get more comfortable speaking behind the mic now if you guys don't know, I am the m- the host with the most, Mr. P.T. Stardust. Um, and I love all things black and science fiction, fantasy, and otherworldly because the real world is just too toxic and too harming is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, harming. Let's go with that. <laughs> and I figure, you know... Let me use this platform as a means to escape and get out of all this this jadedness of the world, this disharmony and this this foolishness and hootenanny. So, Afrofuture Pod, let's get back on track. I officially have launched and created the website. I did it all by myself. If you guys don't know, I'm a web designer to make my coins. And it's up and running, it's clickable. Um, there's news stories. I'm gonna be covering some of those in a minute. And I also wanna give out, you know, the opportunity for all those who, all those black blogger blurds who need a space just to talk about Afrofuturism and you know, your favorite Facebook group is problematic as hell and you just need some place to go. 
<laughs> so I am opening up to, you know, writers. First of all, you won't get paid, but I can help you with like affiliate stuff and, you know, help you, you know, give you a spot just to, you know, build up your portfolio, do whatever you need. That's the purpose of me building this network to bring us blurreds, us Afrofuturist blurreds together and keep us united. So now that I've done, now that I'm done boring the hell out of y'all with, <laughs> with my problems in life, I want to get into my news stories and my hot topics. And first and foremost, let's talk about that motherfucking Black Panther movie. Ciao, 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 ciao. Okay, so Black Panther is now the third largest grossing movie in America. Not only that, hold on. Not only that, ooh, tap the mic. Not only that, it is also the first movie shown in Saudi Arabia for 30-something years, in 30-something years, 35, I believe, which is crazy because for the longest you had Hollywood executives, Hollywood directors or whatever would say, oh, black movies don't sell. Movies with black people and people of color don't sell. And Black Panther just really sank the shit out of one of America's most beloved movies. It's bigger than a l any other comic book movie I can think of at the moment. Like off the top of my head, I can't think of any others. As well as is bringing in so much money, creating so much opportuni opportunities for black artists and black anything in this world so that we don't have to depend on white society the white man's hollywood the white man's this to create our own narratives and create our create our own goals so shout out to black panther everybody you know involved i can't wait to get the blu-ray i'm also going to be doing a giveaway so give more details of the giveaway later on in the show about that Next, I want to get into real quick before we get into some more nerd. I want to give like all praises and bow down to my Lord and Savior, Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter for Weekend 1. Because I didn't get to see Weekend 2 and I'm pretty sure Weekend 2 is the same thing as Weekend 1. Weekend 1 at Coachella. <laughs> I stayed my ass up to watch it and got my entire wig snatched off my head. You know, there's plenty of other people that are talking about it and praising it. And I just want to go down my few favorite moments. My number one favorite moment, of course, was the Destiny's Child reunion. Not only that, but when they got into that little breakdown and did the Say My Name Timbaland remix. Uh, I thought I'd never see Beyonce like acknowledge my old, like the old Destiny's Child Ratchet songs like Whitney and, you know, the Ghetto Say My Name. I call it the Ghetto Say My Name <laughs> remix. Because she, her and Destiny's Child for like throughout their touring history, they started to omit certain songs from their discography. While she didn't perform Whitney, which is the most, if you want Ratchet Beyonce, Destiny's Child's first album tracks three and six, I believe. Whitney part one and two. I prefer part two because it got Master P in a whole different verse and it's just pure gutterball ratchetness. And you know, I also want to give us like just everything from the HBCU throwback to the live bands it just gave me pep rally that i've always like this reminds me of middle school it reminds me of high school our pep rallies used to be lit i went to a predominantly black middle school not necessarily high school it was like a mixed bag but our band director same guy from my middle school crazy enough was a black guy so he was in charge and our band was always the crunkest any side of orange county florida <laughs> so next 
I want to get into Black Lightning. The finale was last week, and oh my god, it was so great. I don't want to spoil it too much because I'm going to do a case for, I think I did a case for, I think I want to do a full dedication to Black Lightning because I am now a stan. I have nothing to watch on TV anymore, so I'm going to be busy having a life now <laughs> on my Tuesday nights, but Black Lightning, you know, it's renewed for a second season, which it should have been announced months ago. It's been breaking records since it came out, and each episode has had me on the grip of my seat, and I love, I'll just say this, I love where it's going, and I love the direction that it's taking. I'm so ready <laughs> for it. Uh, I'm just ready for season two. I'm anxious. I hope it comes sooner than I think. I want it to come in the fall so it can shit on Arrow and Flash and all that. Ooh, sorry. So it can shit on Arrow and Flash. And <laughs> be lit. Black Lightning is so lit. Get lit. Black Panther so lit. Beyonce so lit. I'm going to leave the links in the description for all of that. I also want to uh, talk about Janelle Monet. And she just recently, actually, as of today, put up a new video called I Like It. And, but at the time of formatting the show, I was thinking about her video, Pink. And the pussy pants, I call them the vagina pants, whatever you want to call them. Tessa Thompson being her clitoris. I'm so ready for her album, Dirty Computer, to come out this Friday. Expect a full review on the AfroFuturePod.com the premier website for Afrofuture pod Afrofuturismness. As well as I want to touch on after so one more thing I want to touch on as well as I want to touch on look at me. One more thing I want to touch on is Mr. J. Cole. Now I'm a J. Cole fan, but I'm not like I have Kendrick Lamar. I have Big Crit. You know, I have Drake. <laughs> like, you know, J. Cole has always been like a supplement for those artists. Even though I was a fan of J. Cole before I was a fan of any of those, once I became a fan of Kendrick Lamar, I kind of put J on the back. Once, you know, I started getting more susceptible to J uh, Drake's music, J. Cole has, you know, I kind of was like, okay, put him on the back. And then Big Crit, I put them all on the back of Big Crit. <laughs> but his new album KOD I managed to get get a listen and I haven't listened to it again I am going to listen to it more I do think I'm going to do a review I'm pretty sure at the freshcommittee.com of site that I used to work at they have one up already so if you want to read one head over to the freshcommittee.com as well as um I want to say the video for ATM I love the message and how it's like a parody of these young rappers that are coming out that all you they talk about is money and drug culture and the beautiful thing about his album is it's a critique, a, like just a critique, an artistic critique from an artist's perspective of the new kids coming in to where he once was. And when he was their age early in his career, his music had some kind of sustainable content. These kids, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci, even though I like it, when I'm drunk in the club, you know, it's everything. <laughs> But I don't want to hear it on the radio. I don't want to hear it every day in my everyday life. And I would love to, radio in particular, to get back to that space where there is a balance of club records and conscious records. And J. Cole, along with Kendrick, along with Crit, along with, I'm not going to say Drake in, as far as consciousness, but in terms of quality music, the four of them kind of, if you are one of those people who are complaining about hip-hop, 
Drake, Crit, Cole, and Kenny. Like, that's where you need to be. There are also other dope, dope rappers. I'm leaving links in the description for where you can listen to KOD, as well as Stream Janelle, Monet's Dirty Computer. I'm going to take a brief, brief, brief break. And I'm going to get into the case for the Nutty Professor. Sherman Clump, being the big man on campus, was no laughing matter. Get up there with a hit, Jimmy Hopper. You got to work out. You got to push a switch. The next side. Here we go. One, two. His body was disproportionate. Anything I can get for you? Juice, coffee, rack of lamb. His family <laughs> was dysfunctional. I don't know why everybody tried to lose weight in the first place. You're talking about that's healthy. I know what healthy is. And his love life. I'm a big fan. Thank you very much. I'm fatter. Flattered. Was disastrous. But now, thanks to the miracle of science, he's about to make a change for the thinner. The Nutty Professor is a 1997 film starring Eddie Murphy and Jada Pinkett-Smith. Pinkett, sorry. And before I get into this, I want to remind those who are new to the show, haven't listened before, or haven't heard my slight episode, but the case for is essentially me going on exploration into black films that have scientific science fiction sorry elements as well as fantasy and horror elements to you know decipher could they truly in fact be afro feature films now the nutty professor is a special film for me because it again it was one of the first afro feature projects i've ever seen Afro future like projects, meaning a black person in a science fiction like setting. 
the other movie, I don't know which came first, either this or Men in Black, but I'm pretty sure this predates Men in Black by a year or so. And <coughs> I want to break down some of the elements of the film which make it, as you would say, you know, Afrofuturism. Well, I want to look at certain things such as how it treats the black experience and how it connects the black experience to science fiction and in this film this is kind of like a really good example of connecting the black experience to <laughs> science fiction in a sense so first a little pre-synopsis of the movie the film stars eddie murphy who plays one sherman clump who is a overweight professor sherman clump who's an overweight university professor i don't remember the name of the school there's dean richmond played by that one guy the dad from 10 things i hate about you i don't remember his name I wrote I wrote an article. It'll be all in the article. Trust. And what it is with his character is that he's depressed. Like he's the butt of his jokes. His students make fun of him. His boss makes fun of him. And you know, for the most part, he's unlucky with the ladies. Like, you know, I know big dudes, and you know, big dudes get it on. I know a lot of big dudes with kids, and I know a lot of big dudes who have different <laughs> women. But, you know, it plays on that stereotype of, you know, the big guy, he's down's luck. Nobody really likes him and everyone gives him shit for being a big, fat guy. And, you know, if you're fat, love yourself, take care of yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with being fat. If, you, if you're happy, I'm happy for you. And so he goes through different you know means of trying to lose weight there's montages where he's working out there's you know montages of him trying to eat better going to acupuncture the f my favorite scene actually from the movie is the acupuncture scene you know when they stick the needles in him and the guy keeps asking him still hungry and it gets to the point where he looks like a big ass porcupine <laughs> and the doctor looks at him again is like are you still hungry and he says yes now the film where the science fiction elements come in is more so his job he's a s chemistry i want to say yeah chemistry professor at the university and he works a lot and does a lot of lab work it's a product his team has been working on in mice that was able to make the mice shrink in size now there's a mice named molly really really obese uh no it's not a mice it's a gerbil sorry they were experimenting on gerbils <laughs> and you know they're working on the formula to make her smaller so in comes miss purdy who was played by the beautiful jada pinkett at the time not smith she, i think she was just about to get married and became jada pinkett smith jada pinkett smith as miss carla purdy who is the new teacher and is a fan of Sherman Klump's work. She, you know, she admires him. She checks him out, you know. So he, you know, musters up enough courage to ask her on the date. And this actually, I kind of talked about the montage a little earlier, but the montage actually happens, I think, right before the sequence of them going on the date. He's happy. He's, you know, elated. And they go to the, they go on the date. They are, um seemingly have a good time and then the comedian at the 
nightclub comes on stage and he's played by none other than an unknown Dave, a then unknown Dave Chappelle as Reggie Watts. <laughs> that nigga. Um, <laughs> he he's in a sense ridicules Sherman about his weight and the whole bar except Carla they're all laughing at him and Carla's like trying to console him and comfort him and make him feel better about himself so he has I don't think the dream sequence I, I don't remember what there's a dream sequence some point in the movie where he's kissing her on the beach and he's smushing her in the sand and there's another one where he's a big I think that's more further at the end. Anyway, okay, so he goes back to his lab at the sc- at the university and gets and you know tries the formula on himself, and almost instantly, you know, cuts away like it's go- like that mad scientist scene in every like movie, all the lights and all the dramatics and all this stuff like that, and he passes out, and it cuts back to him waking up and he's now the Eddie Murphy we know and love (laughs) you know he's out of the fat suit he is now under the alias of Buddy Love Sherman's assistant Jason you know clocks are like hey who the hell are you and he's like yeah I'm Buddy no no it's the principal he's like yeah I want to say yeah so Buddy Love sets himself up to go on a date a makeup date with Carla Purdy and it goes like I, I want to take a note real quick in that montage scene <laughs> when Eddie Murphy goes on the shopping spree. Well, Buddy Love goes on the shopping spree because I don't care who it is. It's Eddie Murphy. Buddy Love <laughs> goes on the shopping spree, and he's like, "I can see my dick. I can see my dick." He's like, I "Ain't got no titties. I ain't got." He's jumping on the thing. I ain't got no titties. My titties don't shake. And he looks up to the lady. He's like, "I like your titties." <laughs> I know. Like, I was a kid when it came out. It was funny then. It's still funny to me now. And you know, I saw this movie a couple weeks back, and it was on Crackle, which where you can watch free. This is not a paid advertisement, but Crackle, you can watch free movies, free TV for a limited time. So I don't know if it's still on there or not, but I was watching it on Crackle. I watched it a couple times <laughs> and got my kicks out of it. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, he they go on the date, and the date, you know, starts off. First, he's late. He's late and obnoxious. Carla's not here for it. She's like, girl, um, you late, I'm out, I'm finna go, I'm finna go, you know, go home. My vibrator is more exciting than you, boo. <laughs> that's the kind of, like, that's what she's on. And he comes in, like, he comes late, he begs her to stay, and they go in, have dinner, and she's like, yo, you eat like a fat dude. And, you know, she's kind of, like, noticing things about him, and then Reggie Watts returns back to the stage, and... Tables turn, Buddy Love goes, then goes and cracks humor on Reggie Watts. I think it's Reggie Watts. I think Reggie Watts is somebody else. I think it's Reggie something. And just cracking on him, making the fool of him. It's very comedic, very funny scene. This movie, I'll take, take Afrofuturism stuff aside. This movie is a very, 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 very funny movie. It's one of Eddie Murphy's funniest, in my opinion. Even though I'm, I grew up in the '90s, so like '90s Eddie Murphy is kind of hit or miss. Okay. And 
So the Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde thing start happening. She's like, yo, your lip's swollen. Like, Carla notices that his lip's swollen and his hands are getting bigger. So he rushes out, gets in the car, and he turns back into Sherman. Jason, his lab assistant, notices it, like, follows him to the car because he noticed the car was being used and was like, hey, you got some explaining to do, blah, blah, blah. They get in an accident. And, you know, they explain, they talk about it, you know, they get into the science of it. And then I want to cut, I don't want to tell the whole movie, but let's skip a little bit further in Buddy Love is essentially ruining Sherman Club's life in in essence. And Carla hates both of them at this point. At the end, where they're at the gala to showcase the formula, you get get to see like some cool effects from him going from the really, really skinny fit attractive buddy love to the big the bigger you know sherman clump back and forth it's kind of like a power duel okay so the one thing like the black experience that i want to talk about that it critiques on a lot it has a lot to do with black health and at a certain point of time a long period of time black people were the face of obesity in america don't take my word for that but you know, the conversation in the black community has always been about weight and health and how we're the ones leading in disease and, you know, heart rates and heart failure and how being bigger and how getting older and stuff like that affects our body. And Sherman was someone who was being affected, you know, by it, you know. Contrary to popular belief, you know, other than just your blood and all that, weight can actually have a psychological like overweightness and what you put in your body determine what kind of food you is can have a psychological effect on how you think and how you operate not saying that everybody that's plus size everyone that's big or whatever not saying that they you know all of them are like screwed in the head but it can there are things that happen as well as external things like people you know picking on you or you feeling rejected because of the way you look in society Again, if you fat, if you happy being fat, I'm even happier for you. That it includes like you know regular colloquialisms. I can't say that word ever. Like A A V E African American vernacular in English. You know a lot of that stuff is included into the script and included into you know Sherman's family, the Clumps. And that's more so like the black aspect of it. Now what I found out during my research is the movie is a remake of a remake, and I got to rant on those in a minute. The movie is a remake of a 1963 movie of the same name, I believe. Yeah. 1963 movie of Nutty Professor, which is based off the famous tale of Mr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is quite evident. Now, the first Nutty Professor didn't really evol- involve much scientificness to it. Neither does the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think it's Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll. I don't know. You know, the story itself is... You know, it involved those stories more so involve like magic and mystery, where 1996, The Nutty Professor, involved more so scientific elements to make this film, you know, more adaptable and natural. Because back then in the 60s, science was still like, you know, it was still an opinion versus whereas today, science is pretty much fact, depending on who you ask. And. I do like that 
it does mix a it critiques one standard of the african-american culture while bringing in small doses of elements of science fiction and fantasy and it's a really really great mixing out it's not the greatest film it's a really funny film it's not the greatest film while it is a great mixing of the two life forms so is it an afrofuture film well yes and uh, why i say it is because again like i've been stating for like the last 15 10 minutes whatever that it includes elements of blo- both the african and african not the african-american experience but and african-american experience with elements of science influencing the overall plot and while there again i'm gonna say this every case for while there's not flying spaceships in africa and you know zulu warrior man kill them all it's it's pretty damn good depiction for an afrofuturism project which is great at the time of it is because at the time of what it is because not many projects were like that even though if you go back many were they just weren't successful so on that note i'm going to take another break i'm going to come back with my afro future picks of the week as well as my little rant rant dant dant rant dant dant Now I'm going to get into the Afro Future Picks of the Week, which are sponsored by Anchor.fm, as well as Patreon.com. And of course, I want to say this before I get into the Afro Future Picks, we do have a Patreon going. I didn't even put it up live, but I do want to give a shout out to our very first Patreon, Wayne Lee. I believe that's his name, Wayne Lee. Thank you. He's joined our first tier. I have two tiers. 50 member tier and 100 member tier and to do these I'm doing these so I can be able to you know help the show pay for itself and you know have exciting things for you guys to do like give you guys giveaways get more video content well get start getting video content out as well as more exclusive offers and episodes of you know from the show and now I do want to get into the contest before I get into these Afro future picks now to enter my Black Panther Blu-ray DVD giveaway, which I will be choosing this winner at random, you must sign up at my Patreon, at the site's Patreon, at the podcast Patreon. <laughs> Whose Patreon is it, damn it? It's the podcast <laughs> Patreon, AfroFuturePod, uh, Patreon.com slash AfroFuturePod. Go there. You can pledge either $1 or $2, I believe. And help us grow and all you have to do is 
join the patreon share this episode share the patreon page as well website do whatever you need to do follow us at afrofuturepod use the hashtag at afrofuturepod hey girl i just entered your contest and go from there <laughs> so to get into these afrofuture uh picks of the week you know these are afrofuture albums comics movies tvs you name it where's that shirley caesar you name it sound effect i need that i need to put that at the end of these from now on <laughs> Uh, so the first thing I want to get into is the album, and the album that I chose for this week is Kamasi Washington's The Epic. Now, I just heard he's coming out with another album this year. This came out somewhat three years ago, and I actually got into it like around 2016, not 2015. And, you know, it's been on repeat. It's been in play. I have playlists. I'm a playlister. I take albums that are similar and throw them in a play- playlist together. However, I did go back and listen to this multiple times on its own. It's a wonderful standalone project. It's a nice jazz album. It's a black jazz album. Um, I love jazz music as well. Uh, he's a saxophonist. Kamasi Washington is a saxophonist. And, you know, if you really need some good, just easy listening, Afrofuture music to listen to, Kamasi Washington, the epic. Kamasi Washington's The Epic. I feel like I'm rushing through this sex ah, segment. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm leaving that in there, too. Mm. So, <laughs> I also want to get into the comic, which is a graphic novel released in 2018. No, not 2018. 2008 called Incognito. And by the title, I'm pretty sure you can kind of guess where this, this is going. It's a black and white comic book that takes place... I want to say in the six 1950s and 60s. I read it like a couple weeks ago. I'm actually going to read it again. Crazy enough, I found it at the library. So if you ever feel like you can't afford comics, go to the library. You'll probably find a good one. And <laughs> it's about a biracial, I don't want to say biracial, a light-skinned man who, you know, he's black, but he's light enough to where he could assimilate into whiteness and white culture and get mistaken for a white man kind of like Thurgood Marshall and it's a great critique on you know of the time of you know blackness and how black is black enough are you not black enough and oh it's a great 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 book I read it I'm not going to give it away like give any of the information away it's produced by DC and Vertigo so whatever comic outlet you listen check it out next I want to get into the movie and I mentioned this earlier in my case for the nutty professor is the men in black again I don't know which came first I should google that right now okay so yeah so the nutty professor came first 96 men in black 97 wow west 98 oh wow west terrible anyway <laughs> men in black you know I say nutty professor was like the first Afrofuture project I've seen Men in Black was the first sci-fi project I seen with a black lead, starring a black man, centered around like you know just this hip hop yo 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 guy, just this regular regular schmegler black dude who is an alien cop in his spare time. Like, how often do you see that? And you know I'm not gonna talk about too much about any of these projects because I do want to get into them later at some point. 
but men in black is just a magnum opus and you know we credit black panther for being this floodgate for opening this floodgate for you know all things black and other but men in black was kind of like that like that tipping point at some extent despite them only seeming to wanting to cast motherfucking will smith in every science fiction movie thereafter i think independence day was before this though so i might be a little wishy-washy <laughs> on on those details and lastly i want to get into this show i got a chance to watch called mantis m-a-n-t-i-s that's how it's the show is called it's it's an acronym i forgot what it's for it stars carl lumbly and from the pilot it's also starred gina torres and some other people i wonder what's that girl's name wendy raquel robinson from steve harvey in the game she's playing a young like i've never seen her play anything other than an adult <laughs> my entire life so seeing her play like a, a student is kind of cool and it's about a a paralyzed man who a paralyzed doctor let's be clear who is a crime fighting vigilante now only managed to get through the pilot i haven't seen any of the rest of the episodes but the pilot was <laughs> it was okay so i'll say this this was made in 1994 if not before and you know you, you can do only do so much on a tv budget for something like that and it's very dated it looks old as sand and you know, it has a lot, a lot of, lot of cringe-worthy moments. But Carl Lumley, who I want to say he was the Candyman, and I think he was Candyman. Yeah, Carl Lumley. We're gonna say Carl, Carl Lumley was Candyman. I'm pretty sure he wasn't, but he was. <laughs> I gotta stop doing that because y'all gonna be like really taking my shit for what, like, for like serious. Y'all gonna be like, oh wow, Carl Lumley was Candyman. <laughs> Let's ask Google. Carl Lumley. Okay, we'll need to know all that. Okay, so. So he was Martian. Recently, I'll say this. Carl Lumbly was in Supergirl, where he played Martian Manhunter's father. And I do remember his voice from um, Justice League cartoon playing Martian Manhunter. So that's kind of where we can say he's from. And he was also an alias. It don't say nothing about Candyman. <laughs> Okay, so he's not Candyman. He was an alias, and he's Martian Manhunter. <laughs> okay, but the, the the show it was you know ran for one season. It was a really really so so show, and I I do recommend you guys go check it out. It's also it's available on Amazon to watch the entire season. But if you just really want to check it out and don't want to spend any money, it's on YouTube. Every episode for free. I recommend starting with the pilot and going from there. I did manage to watch the episode after the pilot. And why I keep, you know, saying the pilot, because the pilot had mostly a different cast than what the series ended up running with. So you could take that for what it is. And I'm going to take another quick break because I'm pretty sure I'm, I need some kind of liquid in my life. And we're going to get into my rant. And then we're going to close this bitch out.
come back okay so i don't want to end this on a negative note <laughs> and i don't want to be fucking like you know like every other podcast at the end like you know they talk shit and throw shade but occasionally i'm gonna get on this bitch and tell y'all how i really feel and before i go in there i want to also want to make a correction because earlier i said carl emily was um candy man which he looks like him it was actually tony todd who was candy man so confusion thrown out <laughs> all right so my rant is it kind of calls back to the case four of this week as well with and it's more so about remakes i fucking hate remakes it's like every time there's a news story about a movie a new movie that's coming out every time like you know you know who is it bleeding cool or whoever the fuck ever talking about something it's remake this reboot that re-strategize this that and the third and it is okay so what really triggered this i'm not even gonna like get into how i feel about it but what really triggered this was the remake of super fucking fly i saw that trailer now this is nothing against the actor who is playing in the role i love him on blackish his name's his name's aaron on the show um trevor jackson trevor jackson i think is a decent actor you know, but that perm they gave you, dog, that little flip, that's not popping. And, you know, the trailer just looks bad. And my thing is, the two things about that movie that you just can't remake. One, you cannot touch that classic-ass Superfly soundtrack that Curtis Mayfield put his foot dicking ass in. Like, that's his motherfucking magnum opus. No album... No soundtrack album, even the Black Panther, no soundtrack album can compare to the masterpiece that is the original Superfly album. The deluxe edition is the only thing that's better because you get more tracks, you get instrumentals, you get the score. And to see such a great film, along with other great films, get remake, like recently we had the Jumanji remake, which I heard was good. I'm not going to go see it. But I heard it was good in the Baywatch reboot, both starting The Rock, by the way, which I don't even want to get into that. I love you, dude, but nah. My thing is, we have come to the point in cinema where cinema is 100, maybe even uh, more than 100 years old at this point, to where we have enough original minds, enough talented people to come together and create beautiful works of art, beautiful projects, and original works of art original projects and leave some of the stuff that we've seen before we've done before in the past versus now where it's every week hey this movie's getting a reboot hey we're making another version of this movie and it's not just movies it's gotten to the point tv i heard like i remember queen latifah talking about doing a living single reboot which even though i love living single is my favorite sitcom of the 90s I, w I don't want to see nobody do that. I don't want to see, like, new actors. I don't want to see... Only thing I really want to see is, like, a one-off. You know, with, you know, Kyle and Max, they have their kids. Overton and Sinclair has their kids. Khadijah is living her life with Scooter, doing all kinds of things. And Regine is rich and fabulous. Like, 
they all got their happily ever afters. I don't want to really see what happens afterwards, nor do I want to see what their kids are up to. Do I want to see like, you know, Saved by the Bell, New Class, Living Single, The New Thoughts or whatever. I want I want original content. And, you know, Martin is supposed to be getting rebooted, too. So it's kind of like, are we done with this reboot of rebooting? Because every time, like every freaking time I turn my head, every time, you know, I get on the interwebs, I look up, see what kind of new movies, remake, remake, original starring a bunch of white people, remake. And yes, that pause is me looking at the microphone like, bitch, really. <laughs> and I don't want to take up too much time on this rant because I don't want to be want it to be negative and whatever. But I just wanted to get this out, like just get this frustration of this niggerdom of remake remakes out of like the zeitgeist. I'm tired of it. A lot of people are tired of it. A lot of on on average, a lot of these reboots bomb. A lot of these remakes get terrible reviews. Now, there are some that, you know, get praise and whatever, but there are a lot that bomb. There are more, I've heard more about more negative, I've seen and heard more negative remakes than I've heard about in comparison to what they remade. They usually get bad reviews. I've never seen any good. I've never, like, I've seen some good, but I can't think of it. Like, even the Spider-Man reboots, both of them were kind of lackluster. And it's to the point where we have so many books, so much different source material, so many life stories that could be told. And yet the people, Harvey Weinstein and friends, because I don't trust none of y'all over there like that. Y'all have this instinct on just saying, hey, let's keep rehashing shit we have already made money off of. And to segue from remakes and to go into stuff that needs to be, you know, off the air, I also want to give a nod to those shows like The Simpsons and Family Guy and South Park for just beating a dead fucking horse. <laughs> now, for me, I wouldn't mind seeing 20 years worth of Futurama. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, 20 years worth of Rocco's Modern Life, but SpongeBob, fucking Family Guy. Saturday Night Live, like it's it's like we're in this cycle that hasn't really changed much, in th- in the kind of media we get in the last twenty years, where we get a few gems here and there, but it's a lot of recycled duds. And I'm all for recycling. Recycle all your glass, all your plastic. Take all your food, make a compost, do all that. But when it comes to like the media, and it's getting very like redundant. I'm getting tired of talking about it. We want something new. And I want to say support new media. There's a new show on HBO coming out called um, Children of Blood and Bone, I believe. It's written by a black woman. It's an Afro-fantasy piece. And the book isn't even out yet. And she got a TV deal. So this something like that is exciting. And it brings hope to that one day, hey, we can get original content more consistently and I also want to say Disney we don't want no more Star Wars (laughs) so that's my rant and you know as always you guys can follow us on all social media at Afrofuturepod that's A-F-R-O-F-U-T-U-R-E-P-O-D hashtag it add it we're there all all, um, social media networks 
don't forget to go to afrofuturepod.com to stay up to date with the latest if you want to support this show as well as be entered into my black panther blu-ray contest blu-ray dvd giveaway contest please please support um us on patreon use the hashtag use the ads let us know that you have subscribed we're gonna give you a shout on the show whether you win or not when will be chosen randomly and until next week hold on let me see if i got any more i gotta tell y'all yeah next week got a lot in store for you got a lot in store for you this the rest of this week and i just want to thank you for listening thank me for speaking and <laughs> you guys have a fantastic week all right see you <laughs>